Well, welcome to uh, another Revival Church Cutting Edge Conversation. And today I'm going to be talking about Israel uh, with my special guest, Brian Greenaway. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Brian, Brian is a uh, good friend um, and he's also UK Director of Mar Oz Israel. Is that, is that your correct title, Brian? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's oh, I've got it right. Okay, well, that's an organisation... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Revival Church Bariki supports and we're friends of. Anyway, before we get in, stuck into the topic of conversation, perhaps you could, uh, Brian, tell us a bit about yourself and about the work of Mars and even maybe explain what Mars means, maybe. Okay, let's get the puzzling Hebrew out of the way first. <laughs> so Mars, M A O Z, is uh, Hebrew for stronghold or strength. So uh, we see ourselves as the full ministry name is Mars Israel, so strength of Israel or stronghold of Israel, you know, supporting Israel in these times. So that's what Mars means. Um, as myself, I'm a, a Jewish believer in Jesus, uh, a Messianic Jew, which I call us. And so uh, I've been a believer now for just over 30 years. So I was in my early 20s when I uh, became a believer in Jesus or Yeshua, as we call him in Israel. And um, I come from a, a Jewish background, but not from a religious background in any way. In fact, my um, my um, I, I was I got myself involved in all sorts of strange spiritual stuff, searching, if you like, before I was a believer in Jesus and getting Welcome involved in my world, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the tarot card readings and occult stuff, and it, it nearly destroyed me. Honestly, it really did. Um, so I was look, making lots of bad choices up to my early twenties, and. Um, I was working in this office and these two young ladies said to me, oh, you know, um, they, they tried to tell me about Jesus. And of course, I gave the good Jewish reply. I said, oh, Jesus, he's got nothing to do with the Jewish people at all. And so they gave me this book called Betrayed um, by a chap called Stan Telkin, who was a, a New Yorker. He was a cab driver who um, his daughter became a believer in, in Jesus. And so he decided, oh, I'm going to prove her wrong. And so he tried to prove her wrong and he himself became a believer. So I thought, oh, maybe maybe Jesus has got something to do with Jewish people after all. <laughs> that was my journey. But the interesting thing is God works his plans out because one of those young ladies has now been my wife for 30 years. So, uh, wow. so God brought us together <laughs> for that purpose. So that's Indeed. all right. I came to faith and then I didn't, you know, I, think I, I, I grew as a believer. I got into full-time Christian ministry for many years and I didn't really think about my Jewish background until about 10, 12 years ago when as a pastor in, in Dartford in North Kent, um, we had a ministry called Mars <laughs> come to the church um, at a suggestion of my friend and they started talking about Israel and I thought, you know, I need to really examine what it means to be being Jewish and being a believer in Jesus and how does that to marry. So since then I've been on a journey and it just so happens that, uh, in fact, that was probably 12, 13 years ago because about eight or nine years ago, they said to me, would you like to come and work for us? And I ended up leading the UK branch. The ministry is much bigger than the UK, but I lead just the UK branch sure. of the work there. So, uh, and, and a bit about the work as well, if you would like yeah, to know. Go for it, go for it. Right. Yeah, okay, well, I'll try and be quick on this one because it's quite a long history. We're one of the longest standing and biggest Messianic ministries in Israel. So our founders went there in the late 1960s, early 70s and planted a congregation, as we call them in Israel. And at that time, there was probably less than 15 Jewish believers in Jesus in Israel. Just, you know, just a handful, really. And so they planted a congregation in their home and it began to grow and then began to help others. And as the body of Messiah, body of believers, as that grew in Israel, they began to help others plant congregations. And they began to publish books as well, uh, good Christian books translated into Hebrew, then began to have leadership conferences. 
and began to help with all sorts of other sorts of projects. So the ministry itself has grown from that single congregation to helping many others. So right across the land now, we're helping lots of believers, both uh, Messianic Jewish and Arab Christians as well. In fact, that's part of our key area of our work is helping Arab Christians as well, reaching out to Arab people. Excellent. Thank you. That, well, that was in a nutshell, but uh, that's uh, obviously people, if people want to find out more about Mar Oz, there's um, a really good website and just search uh, MA. OZ uh, and you'll find it and there's just loads of good media on there so um, anyway I'll, I'd like us really to unpack um, really why Israel um, really remains a major hotspot on the face of the earth um, but first I think I want to set a bit of context if that's okay so um, it's, a, it's a fact that nations come and go they get con consumed and subsumed but for the last 4,000 years or so Israel has um, remained resolutely as a nation or a people group in some way shape or form that, that's a fact and try as you might you just you just can't seem to get rid of the Jewish people those who do want to do that that is um, when a group of us from uh, Revival Church went to Israel last year and it was a fantastic trip one of the places we visited was Yad Vashem the Holocaust um, Museum or Memorial Museum, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but anyway, um, what was very evident from this terrible record of Jewish persecution was the fact that the Nazis' chief goal didn't appear, uh, from, you know, from our viewpoint, to be the conquest of new territory, but actually the obliteration mm -hmm. of the Jewish people who actually who lived within those lands they wanted to invade and conquer. Um, but that was nothing new. All through the history, the Jewish people or the land of Israel has had more than its fair share of enemy, enemies, hasn't it? So, Brian, really, just a, a really big question. But why do you think that is? Well, I think it's one down to one answer, really, and that is God's promises. You know, God makes promises. And it's interesting that if you look, and of course, as, as believers, our basis must be always biblical. And if we look at the Bible, we get to Genesis 11, which is a foundational area of the Bible, isn't it? How things began, the beginning of everything. And at 11, chapter 11, um, there's the Tower of Babel and the wickedness of the people. and God scatters them across the nation. And then what he does is after that, he, right, what's God going to do next in this great story, great dramatic story of history? And he chooses a family, just a husband and a wife. And he chooses that family and he says, right, I'm going to choose you. God chooses from within himself. We don't know why he does, but he does. And he chose Abraham and Sarai, as they were called at that time. And he gave them a promise which unfolded over the chapters 12 through to 15, 16, 17. A promise where he said, I'm going to bless you and make a great nation out of you. And through you, all the world will be blessed. All the earth will be blessed. And that is amazing, isn't it? That one promise. Is yeah. actually one of the most important promises of all time because it's affected world history and it still does today. And of course, when God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. And what the enemy, Satan, always wants to do is to prove God wrong. He always comes against what God is doing. You know, he opposes. And that one big promise is one of the most important things in history. So we see in anti-Semitism, we see in all that's happened down through history, Satan trying to oppose God's promise. I mean, it isn't amazing, really, that God makes a promise to a couple, an elderly couple. And that affects the whole of human history. The whole of human history is driven by that promise to those two people because it's affected all sorts of nations. You know, the, the Bible is Israel centric. 
maybe people say oh i don't like that idea but actually god makes the choice doesn't he after all he did create it and he is god so so really the, the anti-semitism we see is the enemy trying to destroy god's promise and it's and uh, you know just to make clear you know and I think you said it really already that um, it wasn't um, their idea to start a nation to start Ooh. something new like we might say well I want to start a family I start a new home it was God that initiated this so this is very much God's idea so it wasn't Israel's idea to to become Israel actually once more you know this is this was God's idea wasn't it yeah yeah. yeah. And in a way, they didn't want to, you know, they, they, <laughs> in fact, today, because of the anti-Semitism, the problem. So sometimes you will say to Jewish people, you may say to them, oh, you're God's chosen people. And some will say, oh, what, what do you mean? Chosen to suffer, you mean? Why doesn't he choose someone else? <laughs> that's a very, that's and a you very can understand problem. that, can't you? You, you can, can yeah, you can, yeah, through what's happened in history. Yeah. Um, but it is a great miracle, isn't it? That even though we're at, they're out of their nation for 2000 years. They were still a people, even though they didn't have a kingdom or a king or a, a, a leader or anything. They were still a people. Because because God's covenant yeah. uh, rem promise remained with them, like, yeah. and that's irrevocable. Therefore, it's it's just irreversible. Yeah. When I was um, sort of taking this a bit further, when I was um, I was recording, when I was in junior school, there was um, uh, one boy. I can remember his name, but I won't put it out here. He was clearly teacher's pet. And um it won't surprise you that whilst he might have been very popular with this specific uh, teacher, it made him unpopular with the rest of us um, for obvious reasons. Um, I think he used to get flippance for going to the shops of all things, you know. Anyway, um, that's a by the by. But the Bible talks a lot about Israel being a nation that is blessed or favoured by God. Um, so a couple of questions. Firstly, is is that the same sort of thing? Or to put it another way, why has God singled out Israel for special attention? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. And the subject of election really comes up there, doesn't it? Yeah. But God makes choices. You know, it says in Psalm 115 that God does what he pleases. Now, it's funny, if you say something about somebody, you say, oh, that person, they do what they please. It's almost like an insult, isn't it? Or they don't care what they're doing. But yeah. of course, God is not like that because he is perfect in justice and truth and mercy every choice he makes is absolutely right and you know he makes choices sometimes in our lives no god has made choices in my life and i thought god why have you done that you know i thought you could have done it this way and he's done it another way but of course when we get to the end of the story i think oh yeah god had the best best call on that so yeah you know we struggle ourselves sometimes with learning about the choices that god makes in our lives well god has made a choice in history and he has you know he has a right doesn't he as, as the creator of the universe as the person who is all wise and all knowing knows the beginning from the end he's there at the end of the story as well as being there at the beginning sure. that he makes this choice and he chooses them and we see that in in deuteronomy the choice of god he chooses israel he chooses abraham and sarah he chooses the patriarchs he chooses them as a people before them and really you know in a sense i suppose when we've got children say we have two children and we make a choice and the children don't like it in the end we have to say as parents look i'm your parent um i know best i've made that choice and that's that now i'm imperfect in many ways i've made lots of bad choices with my kids and nobody tell you that more than i will welcome to my world <laughs> done uh, that's right yeah but god makes perfect choices and yeah. the sooner we accept that and say well god i know you're right even if i don't understand it then that is really an act of faith isn't it to accept god's choices because we will be blessed when we accept god's choices and get in, in line with what he wants 
Wow, wow, wow. I mean, so 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 does that mean um that Israel, you know, is untouchable or can't be criticized at all, you know? Um because yeah, does it does does it does it mean therefore if 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 God's favor and blessing is upon Israel that um we we actually can't you know, say, well, that's wrong, or, you know, they're untouchable. Are they exclusive, like hands off in, in, in every way? Or is there another way of viewing it, Brian? No, I wouldn't say that at all. I wouldn't say they were. In fact, you know, Israel are a nation that have rebelled against God, that have certainly gone against what he wants them to do, despite him making it very clear about what they should do. In fact, if you look at the Old Testament prophets, you'll see that one of the key issues was justice, no justice for the fatherless, for the widow, justice for those in need, justice for the poor, justice for the stranger. And um, so they're indeed they have gone against God's will many times. Um, and so but then it's for God to deal with them in that sense, isn't it? So, yeah. so we have a balance. Yeah, we have to recognize God's promises, but we have to recognize that Israel are a nation like any other nation, even though they have been elected and chosen by God. They're a, a nation like any other nation that does wrong. Yeah, you know, when I was in Israel earlier this year in February, I just got out for the lockdown. Um, I went there with a couple of pastors and we were working in the in the red light district in Tel Aviv, in downtown Tel Aviv, where there's we worked. There was a um, a food kitchen there, you know, a food bank kitchen type thing. Sure. And on either side were two very busy brothels. And there was, you know, we were helping with drug addicts and doing all sorts of stuff like that. And it's just, you know, it's any downtown city you know you'll see that all over the world won't you so it's a nation that has the same symptoms and the same problems as any other nation and it makes choices that are wrong as a yeah. nation politically they're a nation that's not following god so they will make wrong choices and um, it's just getting the biblical separated from the political i think that's very important that's a really good way of putting it so i mean we often we sort of often talk about this uh, at revival church really about that um it, it's very much you know the, the view the view that you've just shared there and it's about it's about alignment isn't it with god an agreement with god and I, and I guess you can extend that to every area of obviously our lives christian lives or otherwise you know it's all about agreeing with god and um but actually particularly with israel isn't it it's it's about alignment and maybe you would just want to speak particularly regarding alignment there's there's obviously a um, a hot topic um, regarding annexation and sovereignty mm. in the land at the moment that's, that's in the news. I mean, the the land specifically, forgetting just the Jewish people, if, if you can excrete uh, the two, which you can't, but uh, the land is also, uh, you know, a hot potato. And, um, you know, so it's in the news at the moment, but, you know, can you, can you connect uh, that topic and the whole area of alignment with, mm. with um, God, god's view on this mm -hmm. you understand the question yeah yeah sure yeah yeah it's, uh, it's important isn't it to be aligned with what god says but then i think that the, the most important thing is to think to ourselves right who is what responsibility do we have so god has a responsibility to the jewish people which he is fulfilling he said he will bring them back to the land and he did after 2000 years 1948 there they were then they would get Jerusalem back, 1967, there they were, you know, and it's marvellous to see it, what God is doing. Now, what we have to think, what we have to realise is that it's not our job to fulfil those promises, okay, because God has made promises, and so he said he will bring them back to the land, he will restore them to Jerusalem, and he will restore the land to them, but we don't know the timing of that. I'm sure many, many believers who yeah. even believed in the promises of Israel and didn't realise that in 1948 they'd be back in their land, when they knew it would be sometime, but they didn't know. And so uh, 
So us as, as believers, we have to be careful. We're not trying to force God's hand, not that we can, politically. <laughs> And say, right, I'm going to fulfill God's promises. Well, actually, no, you don't. When it comes to the land covenant promise, God said he'll do that. So yeah. we have to step back, be prayerful, pray for Israel, pray for the surrounding nations and say, Lord, let your will be done in all those cases and let him do it. Isn't it? You know, it always is more wonderful, isn't it, when God does it? You know, <laughs> we can say, wow, look at that. If we try and step in, as we know, and try and do God's will, push his hand, make him say, God's given us a promise in our personal life. And we try and force his hand. Sometimes we can make a mess of it. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Look what Sarah did with her handmaiden and all the trouble we've got now with yeah. our cousins and the Arabs, you know. There you see, because trying to force God's promises, God will fulfill his promises. So, so, so for that, for those, yes. So, so how can we therefore uh, partner with, with Israel and God's promises? You know, if you want to sort of develop that, I mean, sure. you know, sure. if, if we, if, if, if we shouldn't be trying to precipitate things and actually make things happen, nevertheless, I, I guess we've got some sort of responsibility. What might that be? So I'm thinking of Christians particularly, you know, what might our responsibility be therefore to stand by Israel? What can, um, should and shouldn't we be doing perhaps? Sure, sure. Well, of course, it comes down to scripture, as I said before, isn't it? And coming back to what looking in the scriptures and seeing what God says about Israel, mm. and looking at the certain responsibilities that we have as believers. So praying for the peace of Jerusalem, so yeah. praying for Israel. That's very important. And also, the, you know, the whole motif of putting watchmen on your walls. So that's praying not only for the peace of Jerusalem, for praying for Israel as well, praying for blessing upon Israel. And also some of the other promises which you know God has made, like he says, and all Israel will be saved. So some of these promises are things that God is going to do. Now, now don't ask me to completely explain that scripture because I can think of lots of different interpretations, but God has said it, hasn't he? God has said, and all Israel will be saved. So you know, when I go up in the morning and I say to the Lord, pray for Israel, I say, Well, Lord, hang on a minute, you said this, I didn't say it. So Lord, save Israel. Lord, bring Israel to a knowledge of their Messiah that's the key and the most important yeah. thing when it comes aligning with israel there's lots of things we can do but actually the real way to bless israel is for jewish people to understand that jesus is the messiah because then they will come into the kingdom of god and have eternal life for me that's the key area so yeah. when it comes to supporting israel it's praying for israel but it's praying for their salvation and saying to god hey god you said all israel will be saved and that's what i want to see happen as well so i'm aligning myself with god's will all the time that's good. Um, so, I mean, a revival church, you know, we understand stand this, but but but, um, you know, there are many, many churches of Christians who don't seem to um, make much the fact that Jesus was Jewish and, and therefore, you know, don't build their theology around the significance of Israel or they may be just do a little bit or or they um, even opt for more popular um, political uh, view views that um, Israel actually is an interloper in the Middle East you know I mean do you want to talk about this particularly you know I'm thinking about the church particularly um, what you know we, you've, you've touched on it obviously you've started to anyway but I don't know if you wanted to develop that really um, our response as a church and those thoughts hmm. yes yeah yeah I mean it, it's a very difficult issue and sometimes we can get involved if we have a heart for Israel and I tend to use that word because people talk about pro-Israel, but I don't tend to use that because if you're pro-something, you're anti-something. Yeah, and we want to make it very clear, you know, as, as Jewish believers, that we are not against Palestinian people. We're not against Arab people. You know, we love them. We want them to see, come and see that and come to know their Messiah as well. Um, but sometimes Christians can get too political. Um, but of course, in the church, there's always been a history of 
what some call replacement theology or fulfillment theology or supersessionism and all these big words we got that on in the Bible. Um, but they describe, you know, this place where the church has replaced Israel. And, you know, God never said that. I mean, even when he instigated the new covenant in Jeremiah 31, which was, a, of course, a, a covenant with the Jewish people, when he made that covenant, um, he said, you know, that Israel would always be a nation before him. Yeah. So God has, 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 has done this wonderful thing where he's brought the Gentiles into the kingdom of God and grafted us together in the one new man in Ephesians 2, never replacing Israel, adding to Israel, if you like, you know, bringing in the Gentile believers. And it's a shame, really, that right through history, there's been this strain of replacement theology of Christians who, and a lot of them are Christians, who said, right, OK, Israel has been replaced. They're, they're finished. God has finished with them. He's cursed them, uh, breaking God's promises. I mean, that is a shame. And, and it really is a shame that sometimes, um, you know, a, a church is responsible, I believe, a church in a nation is responsible for its nation, to pray for its nation and set the temperature and the atmosphere, to set the season in the nation, if you like. Sure. And it's interesting that Martin Luther, who, you know, we have, you know, we we love what Martin Luther did for the Reformation, yet towards the end of his life, and there's a lesson here on finishing well, he became quite anti-Semitic. And actually, you know, it was it was the Nazis, it was Hitler who quoted Martin Luther and said, oh, you know, we, we've come to finish what Martin Luther said we should do. And Martin Luther never intended the Holocaust or anything like that. But, you know, it seems a shame, isn't it, that, uh, that the church, where its theology has brought a hatred in the, their nation against the Jewish people. That is the sort of outcome of it. So as a church, we need to pray for the Jewish people. We do. Yeah. And I mean, so talking about nations really and, and threaded throughout the history. And I'll, I'll use this really as a sort of a closing question, just aware of our time, but threaded out throughout the history of Great Britain, uh, you'll, you'll be very aware. Obviously, there have been those who championed the cause of Israel and the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. um, but sadly, um, of late, really, particularly, but uh, through our history as well, we've seen the anti-Semitic anti flip side uh, of this for which, um, you know, it, I guess it's become an acceptable type of racism for some. So a couple of linked questions really in drawing this to a close, Brian, if I may. You know, why do you think this nation has had such a strong connection with Israel and the Jewish people? Um, that's the first question. And really adding to that, as we look to rebuild our nation post-Brexit, post-COVID, um, are there any advantages to us also as a nation, the Great Britain being a friend mm -hmm. of Israel? Yeah, there certainly is. You know, through history, God has raised nations up and he's put them down. I mean, some of the greatest civilizations in history, most the majority of the world will never have heard of because they're completely gone. Yeah. And uh, just consigned to history. Um, and so God raises nations for a purpose. He raises them up, puts them down. And Britain has been used in the past. And it was, you know, when uh, we had when britain grew into world power and the, all right it wasn't perfect during that time i'm not saying it was wonderful but nonetheless god used great britain for the balfour declaration and for other areas to bring israel and the jewish people back to the land uh, god used us for that in a certain sense we dropped the ball a bit in the 40s and america america picked it up now the great nation has supported israel and um, and i think nations need to realize that actually it's god who raises them up and puts them down and uses them for his purposes so in the past yeah we've been blessed because we have helped israel but it's because god chose again chose to use our nation for all of those political things and maybe even politicians with the wrong motive may have been used by god i mean think of cyrus 
who is yeah. called the anointed one in the scripture. But if you look at him, he was not a good guy at all. You know, we wouldn't want him around for tea to meet your parents. Uh, you know, he wasn't a good guy, but God chose and, and used him uh, as he's used Britain. And so um, today as a nation, you know, we're leave, we're obviously leaving the EU. We think we are. We're sort of nearly out, aren't we, by the end of the year. But it is an alignment issue. It's an alignment issue. It's, it's not about saying, oh, isn't Israel wonderful and perfect? But it's saying, right, God, you've got a plan. You've got a purpose. You're working out your plans and purpose in the Middle East through Israel. If I come against that nation, then I can come for harm. The scripture is very, very clear about that. That aligning ourselves as a nation with Israel is, is a t will be a blessing for a nation. Wow, wow, that's powerful and chastening stuff, isn't it? Really, and I and I guess I guess that applies to to every area of life. But today we're talking about Israel, and that and, and we've sometimes said it. You know, Israel can become a thing, but it isn't a thing. It's it's just part of that whole thing, um, like you've already said, of aligning ourselves with God, agreeing with God, and really understanding that. Just. Um, in the last couple of minutes, I just wonder whether you, you, if I could put you on the spot, if you, if you, you'd, what would you like to pray for any anyone watching this, Brian? Is there something specific or one or two things you just want to pray for anyone who might be watching this that you think would be really relevant that would help them? Okay. Yeah, I, I do actually. There is one area, and that is that sometimes we can get over the top with Israel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, I, I I visit lots of churches and speak to lots of leaders and various conferences and churches and some people are you know god chose israel right to bless the nations he didn't just choose it for that sake um and so some people can have what what i found that ari sokaram says an inflammation of the jewish land and i think that's a good one is that sometimes as believers and i'm appealing to believers who do have a heart for israel and say guys you know we need to be balanced Firstly, we need to pray for the salvation of the Jewish people. Yeah. And secondly, it's not all about Israel. You might say, oh, I fancy saying that, Brian. Well, no, it isn't all about Israel. It's all about Yeshua. It's all about Jesus. It's all about raising his name up and giving him glory. And so what we do for Israel must bring, bring glory to God. I think that's what I would pray, that those of us in the UK or anyone who listens to this who loves Israel would realize that we have to be balanced. We have to love God first. And Israel is part, a major part, but part of God's plan not the only part of this plan. That is brilliant. That is so good. That is a brilliant way to, to conclude this, Brian. Mm -hmm. It's really good to catch up with you again. Really good to spend time. And thank you just for sharing your wealth and uh, of information and revelation and wisdom. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. thank you so much.